Well, hey there. This is Jim and Ray, and I was just thinking. So, you're hearing that uh, that sound? Kind of sounds like, uh, hey, come on, stop that. We're out here with Ray's gentle leader because otherwise she can she can sometimes be a bit of a uh, a butthead when it comes to walking. She sees something that she wants to run after. Something that all hounds need to wear because they're scent-driven. And once they catch a scent, they're gone. So you need to be able to control their nose. But she hates it, so... Every once in a while, she tries to to roll down and rub it off of her face. Because she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it at all. But she's got to keep it. Anyway, I'll be quiet again so you can listen to that sound again. It kind of sounds like static in the background. That sound, which hopefully the background music isn't covering over, so I may or may not add background music this time, is the sound of the 17-year cicada. Called 17-year cicada because, drumroll, they show up every 17 years. It's a certain group. So uh, they are here. I actually took a picture of one. We're now starting to see them dead on the road, which is part of their life cycle. They come out and they breed and then they just die. Um, it's, yeah, <clears throat> it's a crazy life cycle. All the noise you're hearing is all the males trying to attract a female <clears throat> so that they can breed uh, and then they can kind of check that off their list of things to do in their very short life and then basically, uh, you know, kick the bucket. It's a really strange life cycle. I'd love to know you know, what natural selection decided this was a good idea, but whatever it is. Um, but then, uh, then they're young, they're larvae, literally plummet from the trees because they, they breed in the trees. And then, uh, once they hit the ground, they burrow into the ground, never to be seen from again for another 17 years. So these ones we're hearing right now, um, were conceived, what, in 2003? I think that my math is right. It may not be. Yep, that's a cicada. Yep, Ray, that's a cicada. So they look like a big flying roach. (laughs) That's what they look like. They're not the most attractive of bugs. But, uh, but yeah. Kind of like a cross between a bumblebee and a roach with wings. They don't harm anything. They don't destroy trees. They don't, you know, they're not like the tent caterpillars or any of that stuff. They don't bite you. They just make a hell of a lot of noise uh, for several weeks in the summer, late late spring, and then they're gone. So, never to be seen for 17 more years. So, there you go. So, once we're past this, probably by the time we get to the 4th of July... I think pretty much they'll all be gone. Um, they don't live that long. I'm going to come out to take a walk. It'll be very quiet. <clears throat> and I'll just be hearing the normal noises out here in the country. So, that staticky sound will be gone. So, there it is. 
And I was actually coming to uh, a realization, or I should maybe say I came to a realization as I was uh, getting ready to record this episode. And that is, this is my last 17-year cicada. Yeah. You're saying, wait a minute, Jim. What's happening uh, in 17 years that you won't be here to hear it? Well, fear not. I'm not planning on checking out in 17 years. Although one never knows what has what has in store for them, but uh, maybe more on that later. So let's just say uh, the end of my vacation was kind of rough. So had some things that happened that were kind of rough. Not going to talk about it. I'm just going to let you know. If you're not seeing me as much on the, the, the running social media stuff right now, that's what it's about. So, but we'll make it through. It'll all be fine in the end. This too shall pass and all that. But, uh, but yeah, so there it is. But we're out, we're walking, it's 68 degrees, it's sunny, so you know, all think everything's good. So, some things just take time. So anyway, back to the 17-year cicada. Yes, we won't be here because I was thinking about this going, oh, all right, so let's see. This is 2021, so that means these these little buggers are going to be back out here in what? 2038. Oh, we have 2038 to look forward to. And then I went, wait a minute, no. No, I do not. I do not have 2038 to look forward to. Uh, these things here in South Central Pennsylvania, because in 2038, I do not intend to be in South Central Pennsylvania. 2038, I will be retired. (laughs) Because if I work until I am 70, so hopefully that will give my age away, if you didn't already know, uh, I will be retiring in 2036. In fact, I will be retiring on July the 7th, Monday, July the 7th. 2036. Yes, I even already know the date. I already have it plotted out. I'm close enough to it now that I'm actually plotting out. All right. If I want to retire, what day do I want to go? I've always decided. I always, if I'm going to retire, since my birthday is in the beginning of July, so basically the middle of the year, that's kind of when I want to go. I want to go when the, you know, the weather is going to be decent. I know. I don't want to walk out into a cold, bleak winter scene, go, oh, I'm done working now, you know, put on my parka and gloves and freeze on my way to the car, no, no, don't really want to do that, you know, you know, want to come outside, feel the sunshine, go, whew, I'm done, there it is, I am, I am on permanent vacation now, time for the next chapter, so, my birthday works out pretty well for that. And since my birthday is the 5th, which of course follows a major holiday, <clears throat> I always have, well, now anyway, I always have the day off before my birthday. So, and of course, for some silly reason, people like to shoot off fireworks right before I, 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 uh, circle the uh, circle the sun one more time so pretty sweet pretty sweet so but yeah so that's the plan right there so again that's assuming I decide to wait until I'm 70 
We'll see what the finances look like. We'll see what the world looks like and all that stuff. Maybe as early as 68. Well, certainly if uh, the finances work out, 68 is what I'd rather pick. And then that means I will actually retire on my birthday. Yep. Yep. So, there it is. So, so yeah, so in 17 years, Susie and I will both be retired, because she'll retire a year after me, because, surprise, she's a year younger. And then, uh, we will uh, skedaddle. Right now, we think we're skedaddling down to southeast Georgia. That's pretty much where we think we've, we're going to skedaddle to. I'll give you a second to just get this. Got my sandals on, and of course the road I walk on has constantly has little pebbly stones that every once in a while you pick one up. So, good news about sandals is that it's easy to clear rocks and stones because all I have to do is just kind of pull it away from my foot, shake it a little bit side to side, and the rock or the stone falls right out. Bad news is it's easy to pick up stones because you have all that space. So, you gotta take the good with the bad in life, right? So, anyway. So, yeah, so we're planning on right now retiring to the Savannah, Georgia area. We've now came back from our vacation, um, which the first part was amazing. Um, come on, come on. And, uh, just, uh, yeah, Susie and I just knew. You know, you, know, you go places and you're looking and you go, yeah, yeah, I, I, we could make this home. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was super hot when we were down there. I mean, I think they got up to like 93 degrees with, uh, with uh, their, their humidity, which, you know, let's face it. I mean, it does, when it gets warm down there, it gets warm. One thing that was really nice, and I have it here today, and this is kind of reminding me a little bit of that. There's always seems to be a breeze in Savannah, which was nice. Um, so yeah, okay, it's 90 degrees, um, it's hot, but Savannah's gone to the trouble, at least in the downtown area, of making, except for like the you know the things that have you know all the businesses and things like that on them, but. The, somewhat residential, more residentially looking kind of streets. They're all tree-lined, all right? Uh, the guy who founded Savannah, uh, James Oglethorpe, um, was really big about making each little neighborhood kind of its own self-supportive little thing, which has its own park. We're going to wait for these cars to go by. Good girl. Yeah, I should know better out here. It's more likely to be a truck than it is a car. Because that's, that's a country car right there. F-150. So, anyway. So, yeah. So, you know, trying to make them all in their own little neighborhood and self-supportive. So, you know, each, each uh, little neighborhood, of which there are several has its own little park area or square 
So if you look at Savannah, you'll notice a number of different squares. One of those, Chippewa Square, is where Forrest Gump was filmed. Apparently they do a lot of filming in the Savannah area, because Savannah, I guess, looks like a lot of places. Uh, so they like using it, particularly for period pieces. Uh, that would be for things that happened at a particular period in time, for those of you playing in Solvay. Um, so, so yeah, you can always find some shade, and basically everybody's neighborhood has a park that's open, um, completely shady, except for a couple of areas where you know, have the walkways through the middle of it, and it's an extremely dog-friendly uh, city, you know, pretty much most of the businesses will have a bowl or two of water out on the, uh, the curb on the street. So as you're walking by with your pup, your pup can grab a little bit of water. So, pretty nice. Pretty nice. Yes, pup. We're going to do a two-miler today, pup. We're going to get up here and we're going to hang a right. All right. Like we used to do. We haven't done a long walk in a while. And to scale back on her walks because I was afraid that her Lyme's disease was getting kicked up by the extra exercise. So hopefully this will this will be a uh, still a decent recording with a very nice breeze. Comfortable to feel. May not be all that comfortable to listen to though. So we'll see. But yeah, so just beautiful, beautiful breeze. Um, plenty, plenty to see and do downtown. You know, whatever kind of shop you would look for, it's there. You know, whatever kind of food you want, it's there. You want to go and sit on a rooftop bar and enjoy the scenery, they're there. Need to be in a hotel, they're there even had a store that I've never heard of before um, that I just thought was neat. It was called Nerdheim. It may be a chain. I'm just not aware of it. But literally, it's, as the na name would suggest, nerd, um, it's all this, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, all of that kind of Trekky Comic-Con kind of stuff. Really, really cool. Um, wish we had more time to kind of look through there, but I tolerate the heat a lot better than my wife does, so we were kind of coming to the end of her. No, I need to I need to go inside again for, for about five hours and then come back out later, so that's all right. So, there was that. And then, and this was really probably the start of the the less than good part of the vacation. That was we took a trip to Charleston. I don't mean to insult anybody who who lives in Charleston or has been to Charleston and likes Charleston. I will just say that I didn't. Um, there is not always a breeze in Charleston. And it gets just as hot. So hot and no breeze. Not as good. You know, I think we'll just leave it at that. Um, and then 
you know, streets are not tree-lined. So you're in the sun 24-7. There we go. So you're in the sun all the time. Um, I really didn't find the architecture to be any prettier um, than Savannah. In fact, I actually thought it looked a little bit more run down. Um, uh, less quaint than Savannah did. Um, of course, both places uh, have a, a signature fountain. Uh, the one for Savannah is in a place called... Um, oh. And I would have remembered it a second ago, and it's one of those, as soon as you go to say it, you forget it. Um, well, anyway, it'll come back to me later. I'm not going to be labor trying to figure it out right now. It's probably too early in the morning to remember stuff. But anyway, um, it's their main park. I actually ran there uh, a week ago on Tuesday. And you run around the park, it's a full mile loop. Uh, it's a nice big park, lots of stuff going on there. They have a little, oh, kind of like a theater and the round thing going there. They have a gigantic fountain in there. Um, and uh, really, really pretty. And uh, apparently, every St. Patrick's Day, they dye the water green. So it's green, green water for the day. So that's kind of cool. Makes my Irish ancestry very happy to hear that. So, but uh, um, Charleston also has a a fountain. It is on the waterfront, though, um, and it's called um, the Pineapple Fountain because, of course, there's a giant pineapple in the middle of it. It's fine, um, you know. It's a fountain. Um, uh, it's not as big, not as ornate as the one in Savannah. So, um, so yeah, you know, it's like, okay, you got one, but Savannah's is better. So, you know, sorry. Um, and then the other thing that's different is that, um, they have some other fountains. Uh, there's also one right by the water, another one right by the waterfront. And in Charleston, uh, you're allowed to swim in the fountains which I can understand if you live in a place that's super hot and you already are pumping out cold water uh, you might want to have a place for people to go and uh, and do that yeah you know if you're looking at you know honeymooners that are kind of splashing around a little bit or kids and things like that it all looks very cute um, we were there and I watched a grown woman kind of rolling around in that thing and it kind of looked like you know I hate to say it. I mean, honestly, it, look, it looked like a mental health shower. Is what it looked like while I was actually watching right there. It's like, these guys, this ain't a good look. This is not a good look if you have tourists coming here and you have street people basically taking a shower in your in your fountain. It's like, yeah, that's probably why Savannah doesn't let this happen. It's it's just not a good look, guys. It's not. Um, so, so yeah. So honestly. Again, you know, I know there are people who like the city, and if that's your thing, God bless you, all right? Um, not mine. Um, 
Charleston also has a lot more traffic, and sadly, you folks have one road in and out of town, and then you put streetlights on it. So, yeah, you know, when anyone wants to go anywhere, which seems to be all the time, because <laughs> you always seem to be on your roads, um, it takes a damn long time to do. So, yeah, just, I can now check off Charleston, I guess is what I'm saying, and uh, I have no need to go back. Yeah, no, no need to go back. Uh, I will be in South Carolina again this October, but I will be at the other end of the state in Greenville. So when we get to that time of the year, I will give you a full report on the difference between the low country, which is what Charleston is, and uh, I guess it's called the high country, I suppose, up in Greenville. So I'll let you know what I think. But yeah, no, uh, Susie and I were very, very happy with Savannah. And while we were there also, we actually got to see the world's largest container ship. So if you didn't know this, um, the largest seaport on the East Coast is actually in Savannah. It's very close to the rail yards. Um, you know, you're right near the, uh, right near the ocean, even though it's on the Savannah River. Savannah River apparently is fairly deep, so these large ships can come in. So, uh, reminds me a lot of when I was a kid. We would go up to the St. Lawrence, because the St. Lawrence Seaway gets those kinds of ships as well, because, of course, you know, the St. Lawrence River is rather deep. Um, and then, of course, from there you can go to, you know, each of the Great Lakes, because they all connect. So... You start with Ontario and you make your way through, make your way all the way over to, um, I think Huron is the last one, right? Pretty certain that's the last one. I think Huron comes after Superior. So, there it is. But, yeah, there it is. So, yes, yeah, so we saw the largest container ship in the world. It's called the Marco Polo, um, which was fun because, of course, you'd see it and somebody would yell out, Marco! And of course, you know the response, then somebody has to go, Polo. So that was fun. Um, but it's big. There's no kidding. It, that sucker is big. Um, we saw it initially on the way in. We saw it come in and leave. We were there long enough to see all that. Um, and uh, we saw it on the way in and from our hotel, which was probably about 7 to 10 city blocks away from the river. We could see probably the top third of the ship over the buildings in front of us. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it's big. And then of course we saw it right at the bridge on its way out. So ran down to the, uh, to the river in order to catch a glimpse of it. And, uh, Got a video and some nice shots of it. So I can now see I've seen the world's largest container ship. So that's kind of cool. And, uh, yeah. Saw a bunch of other ships, of course. And you see some of the other container ships coming out after that. And you're like, huh. All right. I guess that was big because this doesn't look so big anymore. So, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So... But yeah, so Savannah is the largest seaport 
on the East Coast. I'm not sure if it's the largest one in the, in the country. I think probably something over in California is probably larger, like Long Beach or something like that. It's probably one of the bigger ones. It's not the biggest, but Savannah is the biggest one on the East Coast. And I would have thought, you know, I would have thought Baltimore. Baltimore's got a big one. I would have certainly thought, like, New York uh, was a good good bet for having a large seaport, but, you know, I can pretty much uh, run the train right up next to the uh, other side of the, the seaport, and everything that comes right off a, off a big ship can go right onto a rail car and boom, and gone. So, and from Savannah... Depending upon, you know, what rail lines. And I probably need to be talking to my buddy Anthony. He could probably give you a better idea. Uh, I mean, certainly they have a very good east... Excuse me, north-south line right there. I know. Because they're only four hours north of uh, Jacksonville. <clears throat> and then four hours in the other direction will put you somewhere around Fayetteville, North Carolina. So there's a lot of ground they can cover... In a short period of time, just, you know, that direction, um, <clears throat> they head west, four hours west, is Atlanta. And, of course, from Atlanta, they can probably go off in whatever direction they need to go and get wherever they need to be. So, pretty cool. So, there it is. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So, circling back to the beginning as we end this this walk with Ray and this recording take a listen to that static it's the last time I'm ever going to record it for you it's weird to think about things and go yeah this is it this is the end but this is it this is the end <clears throat> 17 years from now it'll happen and Susie and I won't be here to hear it. We will be somewhere else. But yeah. Now we'll probably be here for the next 15. But we'll see. Still waiting to hear on what the, uh, the deal is at work. Since we are still in the land of COVID tide. still not returned to in-person working. I'm still remote. Uh, it looks as if my job may stay primarily remote. Um, you know, like 80% remote uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, <clears throat> they're obviously right now trying to decide what they want to do, but apparently done such a good job teaching people remotely that uh, really is no reason to uh, to go back and I agree with that um, you know teaching in person is better you know, they have kids I'm sure would agree with that having them go somewhere having somebody stand in front of them and actually look at them and teach them is way better than having them sit in your kitchen on a computer and having somebody speak at them so uh, 
definitely the case. And it works for adults too. It's better if you're actually sitting there looking at people and you can walk behind their computer and go, no, 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 hang on. Here's what you're not doing. I can see it right now. Again, all that gets a lot more uh, challenging when you try to do it remotely. It can be done. It's, it's a lot more challenging. No argument there. But apparently we've done well enough that uh, we're like, no, I don't see why we really need to change that. So if that's the case. The only things I might need to do is show up every couple of days a month for things like staff meetings and things that kind of require everybody to be in a, in a room. Although, of course, we've done staff meetings for a year remotely, so I can make the same argument. We've done those for a year. You know, we can continue to do those remotely. But, you know, so we'll see. We will see what we will see. But uh, I'm going to give it a year. I'm going to give it a year. See how this shakes out. But, uh, but yeah, no, if, uh, if it turns out that, you know, I only need to be in a building in Baltimore, you know, two, three days a month, I might just consider, uh, pushing that move up and, uh, get ourselves a, a house and a spread in a place we want to, we want to stay for, for forever. And then, uh, you know, just figure out a commute. So we'll see. We'll see what we'll see. Too many balls in the air to try and catch them all right now. So we're going to wait till some of these things fall and, uh, see where they land. So there you go. So getting slaughtered by metaphors in this one, aren't you? Yes, you are. But I haven't recorded in a while, so I figure we'll catch up. So, in short, here you go. This is the 17-year cicada. Get a good listen. Should be the last time I ever record this. Ray is doing well. I am doing well. I'm going to be taking it easy until probably the middle of next week. So those of you who follow me on social media on the running platforms will probably just see walks for a while. It's okay. Nothing to worry about. Just being precautious here. So running will come back. But we're going to take a hiatus for right now. And then... um, what else? And it was uh, it was a good trip while we were in Savannah, you know. Definitely like Savannah. We're definitely going to go back. Definitely going to go back this year. So maybe in November, we'll see. I may end up coming right back from. Uh, actually, I probably will. It's probably when my vacation is. So, I may end up coming back from Greenville, only to whip around and head back down to Savannah. So, hmm, we'll see what happens there. But anyway, I think that's enough uh, 
off the cuff musing to keep you all busy. Uh, I have decided that, yeah, I'm not going to put music in the background. I want to make sure you hear all this static from the cicada. I don't want to cover it with music. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this was interesting enough without the background music. So from Ray and I and the cicadas in the trees above our heads, this is uh, Jim saying, be well. And I will speak to you when I next speak to you. Who's a good girl, huh? Who's a good girl? <laughs>